welcome back to the What's Up Doc podcast. For a new segment called the Quick and Fast Scientific Semi-Weekly Update. Where we'll review the current literature and scientific articles that came out this week or even today. And this is going to be quick and fast, just like Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. So this morning I got in my inbox in my email, the COVID-19 briefing from the New England Journal of Medicine with several articles. And we're going to be doing this, as I say, quick and fast, not a lot of preparation. This is going to be short. But I want to use uh, this New England Journal group because they're so good and they produce an article set called Journal Watch on a daily basis. I'm going to use them for these rapid updates to keep people uh, understanding what's actually going on and what the developments are. So number one, the 1273 mRNA vaccine from Moderna has been tested on non-human primates. And this week it was found that before their vaccination, they had very little, of course, or no antibodies to SARS-CoV-2, SARS-CoV-2 virus. The After vaccination at two weeks, they had developed a significant log, we call it, number of antibodies, which leveled out at weeks two, three, and four. And then with their second vaccination, they began to increase their antibodies and to hold them for now up to nine weeks. This is an effective, safe vaccine that is the one at the lead of all of the current vaccine trials. Uh, You've heard Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks talk about this vaccine, amongst others. And uh, even the president has mentioned this in the um, COVID uh, presidential White House updates. So we've got a good vaccine and there's some others coming. I believe this will be available by December, uh, if not earlier. And we're going to relate this to the herd immunity thoughts uh, and controversies out there. Number two, if you look at uh, the, the current state of positives for testing, uh, we arrived early in our course in uh, April at a 25 percent positive across the board Uh, positivity rate for testing, and that has continually decreased with rare exceptions on individual days up to now because of our eightfold or so increase in testing. Now we're around the one to two percent across the country, even when states like Arkansas on some days are 11 percent positive. But as you realize and as you're starting to see, Positivity rates do not, of course, mean death rates. So if you look at the Worldometer website, which tracks all of the countries uh, in a lot of the large cities in the world, you'll see that currently in the United States of America, our uh, death rate is continuing to decrease over time. That uh, death rate peaked in uh, April around the 20th. And that was 2,500 deaths a day. And it began to decrease and has decreased significantly up through and to uh, July the 1st. We've had a slight uptick to 1,500 deaths a day over this last uh, two to three weeks. But I expect that this has leveled off and will continue to decline. And I, like many others, believe that as we continue to test more and more people and we find out that there's a significant background immunity in our communities for people who are not exposed to knowingly tested positively for COVID-19 or the virus for it, SARS-CoV-2, then we're going to find out that we've got a mortality rate of significantly less than 1%, if not 
close to the usual influenza, but we'll only know this after we look back at antigen studies and antibody studies and see that we still don't have a good denominator for the number of actual cases in our country. And the more we find out that there have been many exposures that are asymptomatic or were undetected, we're going to find out that that denominator gets much and much larger, which will make our percentage much smaller. Still a dangerous disease, especially for the elderly, but when the studies are done, you're going to see that the death rate is not what it's been made out to be. And please do not associate and equivocate case rates with death rates. Now, with that, let's talk about herd immunity for just a minute. The same New England Journal uh, update today um, discussed the need for herd immunity. Now, to get herd immunity, let's just admit the hard facts, and that is either you get sick and get over it or you get vaccinated. There's no other way to get immunity. So we are fighting a battle of prevention and not getting sick, which I have stated before, culturally, we seem to have a culture now that can't tolerate the idea of risk or getting sick. But we're fighting that versus becoming immune. The only way to herd immunity is either illness or vaccination, as we said. So our country at this time in this age, especially the elderly, because of our focus on them rather than the rest of the population, we have chosen that herd immunity will come through vaccination primarily. Now, vaccinations are going to have to take up the bulk of this because no matter what study I've seen, whether from Maryland, across the country or across the world, when you look at the background immunity, even in areas where illness is, that is probably not going to be greater than nine or 10 percent. And the reason is so far because of our prevention measures, we're preventing people from getting the disease and getting their own autoimmunity. Therefore, we're going to have to artificially immunize people. Now, With that, we bring up the school issues. In the same New England Journal, we have an opinion piece that states, and I'll just say this at the bottom line, they believe that, quote, safely reopening schools full time for all elementary school children should be a top national priority. And I go into this article and read the following in the introduction. For the past six months, policymakers and the U.S. public have weighed economic against public health considerations in debating whether limits to set on individual and collective behaviors in attempting to control the COVID-19 pandemic. As fall approaches, attention has turned to a third pillar of a pandemic-resilient society, schools. Under ordinary circumstances, about 40 million children would be entering pre-kindergarten through eighth grade classrooms this year, including nearly 27 million students in grades pre-K through 5. Until these children physically return to school full time, many will lose out on essential educational, social and developmental benefits. Neither the economy nor the health system will be able to return to full strength given parents caretaking responsibilities and profound and racial and socioeconomic injustices will be further exacerbated. We believe that safely reopening schools full time for all elementary school children should therefore be a top national priority. And this was from Dr. Mira Levinson, uh, Dr. Philosophy. Uh, Muge Sevic, MD, and Mark Lipsich, Doctor of Philosophy. That was published on July the 29th in the Medicine and Society section of the New England Journal of Medicine. Now, we're combining the idea of herd immunity, social good, economic good, and getting over the pandemic 
uh, with these increasing tests and increasing numbers. The last section I'm going to address in this update is the final uh, observation blog from the New England Journal, which deals with uh, HIV and infectious disease observations. And their statement, Dr. Paul Sachs says, it is time to amplify our voices calling for inexpensive rapid home testing for COVID-19. Now, although I don't necessarily believe that people should do home tests, especially nasopharyngeal, because of problems with uh, septal deviation or nasal allergies or potential trauma or foreign bodies stuck in the nose, which I've seen this week already, I do believe, and I want our listeners to understand, the problem that we have right now, and I'm going to focus on Arkansas, I have addressed this twice on Little Rock Radio with uh, State Senator Kim Hammer and also with Dr. Uh, Dillahay, of the, uh, the director of the State Epidemiological Society, is that the problem we have right now is that our case investigators and our contact tracers are so far behind the curve because of the overload of testing due to public demand and also the demand put down from the CDC and even the White House. We have too many tests that are out there that are un. Uh, answered yet. In other words, we have a test right now. I have a lady who's going to have to wait five days because we've run out of testing reagent. We have her test, but we can't give her a result because the liquid that's used to run the machine, we've run out of. Uh, That is no one's fault. It's just that our testing demands have outrun our supply, not only of reagent and testing kits, but people to call those who have had tests, especially those that are positive. I have taken the responsibility in my office of simply telling everyone and tracing them myself. I've talked to a case investigator at the state level, and they tell me they're working 16 hours a day, six days a week, and they still can't get all their people called. And almost every case that I have had, not one call has been made up until the time that the quarantine was almost over, that they're called and told what to do. We have lost, Dr. Fauci mentioned this in Congress just uh, two days ago, and I've referenced Dr. Fauci in some quotes that he made in a podcast yesterday uh, showing that Dr. Fauci is now talking about things that we were talking about three weeks ago. Dr. Fauci and even uh, the president's counsel have addressed this idea that we have to have the ability to tell people what their results are. And until we can get quick testing so that we can look someone in the eye within one hour of the time they're tested, hopefully in the office or in our parking lot, to tell them whether or not they are positive, our whole system of contact tracing is, is futile nearly because all of the contacts have already taken place without information. So, herd immunity, testing, contact tracing, school reopening, current death rates, and even the uh, M- um, the mRNA-1273 vaccine. You've heard the uh, latest bleeding edge update, and that's what we're going to try to do. So I'll leave you with that today. And just remember, what we do here is based on real science. All right. Thomas Dolby. 1983. Here at What's Up, Doc, we're going to try to blind you with science and scripture.